0: The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. The greatest podcast on the planet Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras Dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay
1: Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life. Dedicated
0: to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack, go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte.
1: Recording and progress. Got it. Got Rec- it. Go- the goddess of the recording progresses right on Saturday's podcast. Let's see. We had a whole bunch of stuff lined up and uh, so far everyone has flaked out on us. Thank you for your non-support. We appreciate that. It (laughs) makes for a great show where we sit here going, we had all this stuff lined up and y'all flaked. So thanks again. Appreciate it. I'm not going to name any names or anything. I will, however, post a list on
0: Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> we've got some news uh, the Packers yeah. released their um, active 53 man roster Mr. Sammy Watkins is off of the injury report with his hamstring and will be activated for Sunday's game we need that deep threat buddy so there's been a lot of talk about Chase Claypool Moore DJ Moore
1: and uh, Elijah Moore I heard through the grapevine that the Packers were really trying to get Chase Claypool, and now we're receiving reports that apparently the ask for Chase Claypool is a couple of is similar to uh, Christian McCaffrey (CMC) and what he got uh, for the haul for the 49ers, which doesn't make sense. The guys played two games in the last two years, and they get that huge haul
0: for him. I don't get it. And 69 pick overall second round pick for chase claypool why would you give up anything more than a second for him
1: i don't understand like i i know some people were saying oh maybe we're trading amari rogers listen amari rogers is he is worth more to us if we keep him right at this moment yeah. if he starts performing and doing stuff then we'll talk because then he moves from a possible optional seventh round pick to, you know, back up to a second or third. So we got to keep him. Mamari Rogers isn't going anywhere. Our best investment with this guy would be to keep him. And if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. If he does, great. we got an ROI. But Chase Claypool, I think, would be good. I like DJ Moore. I, I am a DJ Moore fan. But apparently they just restructured his contract. So I don't yeah, it's know. It's not doable.
0: Gonna- they gave him a $20 million bonus that they would have to eat. Plus, there's we'd have to pay like $20 million a year. Like the way the contract is structured, like it, it, financially we can't do it. So I doubt we do DJ more, but then again, you never know that the cap is fake. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, but Sammy Watkins coming back. You know, a lot of the chatter that I heard from the players and in terms of the difference between scheme and guys doing their job, the biggest issue with this offense right now As much as we did not like N.V.S. and he was in a world beater, what he did is regardless of whether he was a good football player or not, he stretched the field and opened up the spacing right for those guys underneath. So when you're opening up guys, um, it just opens up the middle of the field a little more. Guys don't have to be Devontae Adams to win right off the line, which is good as Romeo Dobbs is, he's not Devontae Adams we don't have randall cobb alan lazard same thing big body guy he's not great off of the line to where he can get separation immediately so we've got people playing man up against our guys and saying beat us and we haven't been able to so that's field stretcher, i have a feeling is going to do a really good job in in opening up Lafleur's office but or offense but what i'm hoping is that aaron Rodgers stops reading only making his first read or making his first read and not moving to the guy that's wide fucking open on the other side of the field. Like I, I don't know why he has happy feet or why it is that he's not going through his progressions. That's a lot of what I saw with Aaron Rodgers, but maybe with Watkins back and he's going to take his deep shots because that's what he does, but it might open up this stuff for Lazard and Dobbs underneath a little bit more and Tonya, especially.
1: Yeah. You know, I see him using, i'm just coughing up a storm here this super lemon haze has got me just ripped the uh i see him using uh Tanya an awful lot we just have to see aaron jones that's it i mean really that's what it is the guy's got a higher uh uh yards per carry average than barry sanders than terrell davis than all of the greats and we're not using him like we just got to use the hell out of him, man. I get keeping him fresh for the playoffs. I understand that. And once we secure a playoff spot or win 11 games, then start putting them on the bench a little more, but there'll be no playoffs
0: going this way. There'll be none yep. period. Yep. And to correct the stat that I fucked up last time was it wasn't wrong. It was just the last three weeks averaging six touches a game. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, like 6.3 touches a game for Aaron Jones is it's unexcusable, man. Like what? I don't even want to talk about it anymore because we know what needs to be done. And on top of the fact that it's compounded by these players not showing up, dude, like it's, it's one play that they're taking off or two plays that they're taking off, but it fucks up the entire thing, right? And then you've got Jake Hansen now on, which, uh, I mean, better than Newman, right? But he's going on to injured reserve now. They brought up a linebacker um, onto the 53, but it was really interesting. I heard um, Brian Bulaga got interviewed about what's going on, right? Because he played with these guys. He knows yeah. the players on the line, and he suggested – kind of what we suggested in terms of um moving elvin jenkins into guard but he said left guard and right guard are completely different what i would do is i would just shore up the left hand side because the right side's already a cluster anyway so just shore up the left side with Bach and eldon and myers and then figure it out and he he mentioned specifically um that he would love to see walker um on the line so The right side is still going to be a mess, but what he's saying is you might as well just shore up one side of it and make sure that it is absolutely solid. Take Eldon Jenkins back to his Pro Bowl-level position, and you don't have anything to worry about on that side, then just rotate players like you did last year. Makes sense. Um, Will they do it? Probably not, right? I think they're going to probably give it another week of this bullshit that they've been doing the last six weeks.
1: Well, you know, they go, well, we're trying to put our best available guys out there, and it's like, listen, I understand that the Baker – is really good the guy that bakes the cookies he's he's the best but maybe he shouldn't be sweeping up maybe he should be back at the baker position i understand that you can get somebody else to make cookies that are sort of okay but you need to put the best what are you going to start we listen uh, we're trying to shore up the right side maybe uh jordan love you can get out there and play a little offensive line like you know we'll get we'll get mason crosby out there throwing throwing balls like come on Put Jenkins where he needs to be. Put Bakhtiari. Why not put Bakhtiari out there on the right tackle and put Nyman back there on the left? Oh, well, Bakhtiari is a left. Right? Put the guy in the spot that he was drafted for, that he plays. This is the one that he does. Put him there. We're not talking about Charles Woodson switching from corner and becoming safety. We're not talking about players getting older in their years and slowing down a little bit. and So you're moving them into a better position for them. We're not talking about that. We're talking about putting a left tackle where the left tackle belongs, a left guard where the left guard belongs, the center where the center belongs, the right guard. Listen, it can't be Newman. Newman was taking reps at right tackle, and he looked pretty good at right tackle. I'm not saying we put Newman at right tackle. What I'm saying is, is Newman at right guard is not working. That's not working.
0: Yeah, so, and the major problem with the right side, Matt, is that this pass rush that we're going up against this week is all on the right side.
1: Oh, Yeah. Well, even if it wasn't, it got promptly changed to the right side because as a defensive coordinator, I would be like, oh, y'all are playing on the other side this week and you're going to eat like you've never eaten before. I mean, poor Aaron's going to be under fire. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to start staring the wrong way or looking the wrong way, I mean, I keep going back to some of these plays where Dobbs is wide open and Aaron's hanging on to it sack, where, you know, somebody else, he's not getting through his progressions the way he should. And some people will argue that well the offensive line is giving him enough time on those sacks he's had the ball a lot in his hands and he's been able to go through a couple of progressions and then finally he just kind of panics gets happy feet and gets tackled
0: right 3.4 3.46 is what he's averaging to release the ball and that's on him right like that's yeah. Two point, what was the number
1: what was the number last year 2.4
0: 2.59 was nine the perfect spot and he averages in his career 2.4 so even though he's a little bit
2: Uh uh-oh
0: you're frozen so my concern is that the numbers show the decline in age where he's 0.19 seconds slower than he was the previous year and in his career but He's holding on to the ball, man. He's not being decisive with the ball, and he's trying to climb into the pocket, which he has never done. He does not have the same wheels he's had before to be able to escape. So he needs to take – dude, first read, not there. Just turn around. You know, just check it down. Who fucking cares? You see – how many times you see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon just like – yeah in their fucking hand, saying Here yeah. I am. like just fucking dump it off and don't take the hit even if you lose yardage or you gain a yard or two whatever don't take the hit don't take nine fucking hits and four I, sacks i think this breathes more into
1: when the spotlight comes off of rogers and i want to go back to eddie lacy winning the rookie of the year the offensive rookie of the year that year he won it because rogers was out If you remember, he was out six to eight weeks or something. And so we doubled down on Eddie and Eddie got the workload that he should have gotten 20 to 25 carries per game. Yes. In the first half, a lot of his carries were only two and three and four yards, but by the third and fourth quarter, guess what? He was busting off big ones. Let's go back to the Dallas comeback with Matt Flynn. He was getting nothing in the first half. They start the second half with a run. He runs 71 yards on the first bloody play, right? I think Aaron only likes it when the spotlight's on him. And when the spotlight comes off of him for a minute, suddenly he decides he's not handing the ball off or he's not feeding Jones. Jones goes out there and has two touchdowns, 150 yards, all purpose. And Dylan has another hundred yards and they start talking about the running game. And it's like Rogers is sitting in the corner going, well, this bloody blows. I'm never giving them the ball anymore. Like, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime that we've had a running back have a great game, they don't have a great game the next week, and people say, oh, it's the defenses. But if you take a look at the amount of touches, the amount of times that we actually handed off, and then people go, oh, well, we weren't running the ball effectively. We were running the ball more than 3.3 yards per carry, which is a win every damn time. And, yep. my whole, and, and, and for the uneducated people, here you go. So... We have four downs, typically on the fourth down. If you don't have the, the first down, then you decide to either go for it or punt, right? Mm-hmm. So that means if we hand the ball off three times at 3.3 yards per carry, that's 9.9, 9, which is basically a first down. Anything more than 3.3 yards per carry is a win, meaning we can hand the ball off three times in a row and get the first down every single time. Yep. Instead of us leaning on that, like the jets did to us, like the giants did to us, like, you know, the Vikings did to us, like anybody else does to anybody else in the NFL, instead of us leaning on the run and continually continuing to punch that defensive line in the face, we we go away from it. The best way to fix your offensive line problems is to have them going forward instead of backwards, get Mm -hmm. them pushing get our fat guys leaning on their fat guys moving forward and punching them in the mouth because it tears them down. It, it it wears them down. They can't, They can't keep getting punched in the face with the run game, on top of which you got a running back breaking off these big runs. You go wide left, wide right, and get them running side to side and all over the place, and suddenly the defensive line is huffing and puffing, and then guess what? You can take 12 seconds back there to throw the ball, and you can throw to whoever you want. You can make whatever spectacular play you want. We've gotten rid of these long bomb play actions because, well, we stopped running it. Aaron is not throwing right. Aaron is not seeing the ball correctly. He's not seeing the field correctly. Our offensive line is having problems. All of this is adding up to one total. And that total is run the ball. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball,
0: run the ball. dude. And here's just the glaring numbers that talk about this. I just looked up. You remember we were number one in explosive plays, passing and rushing through the first three weeks. Yeah. We are now down near one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're twenty second right now in explosive runs. We are oh, Jesus Christ, man! Yards per carry because we're not using it. Four point seven. We're still averaging four point seven yards per carry, right? Like that's almost half the stick distance on one play. Come on. 40 plus runs we've got zero we've got 320 plus runs all by aaron jones which ranks one two three 12. so give aaron jones the ball one every half a touch so if you give him 26 touches basically one in 13 runs that he's going to have is going to be over 20 yards You do that over the course of the game, that's 60 yards on just explosive plays, plus the passing ability, plus 4.7 yards per carry. You're talking about 180 yards between both of these guys on the ground and probably another 60 to 70 yards in the air. That's half your offense, just by using your running backs. And it obviously will open up the hero ball that Aaron Rodgers wants to throw. And then the explosive plays come back again, like they did with the 20 plus, And we go back to this explosive, pick your poison or pick your shots, explosive team, which has been gone the last three weeks, man, but run the ball. And it's really irritating. And I want you as a coach and as a person who played the game to explain to people, because this is what I've been trying to defend. People are like, well, the run wasn't working. The run wasn't working. So that's why they got away from it. Even the coaches fucking said that, right? So, again, body blows. But explain how the running game can open up the passing game and free up Aaron Rodgers.
1: It, it completely opens up the passing game. And, uh, and it's just like I just finished saying. Our offensive line gets to wear down their defensive line. Therefore, it slows down the pass rush. It then starts giving Rodgers – four and five seconds before the the pressure starts getting there. So he can really look over the field. Number two, the linebacker's first job is to check run and then pass. If it's run, run, run all day, he's going to take that step forward to protect the run and then be out of position, which is then going to give us crossing routes, in routes, more room for Tanya and that sort of thing. Okay. (laughs) When you are, let's think of it this way. You're a boxer. Okay. Okay and the guy on the other side is in great shape and he you know he's not breathing heavy or anything else and you start working body blows on him the reason why you start working body blows on him is to wear him down is to slow down brings his him arms down, down. brings his hands down, down. right and it it gets him tired it starts to wear that stamina down now, instead of him being able to box for a whole three minutes, now he's only boxing for two minutes. You keep working that body, working that body. Now he's only boxing for 60 seconds in a, in a, in a, in a round. Then it becomes 30 seconds. Before you know it, you've softened him up enough. Just, yeah, 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 train killer rock. You got a rock. Just, ah, yeah, you're going to have to put you in a cage,
0: right? Oh, no, Mickey, I don't know, Mickey, I don't know. That's my okay. Rocky impersonation, terrible.
1: Who, who keeps ringing that bell? I can't concentrate. Right. So Rocky worked the body, worked the body on Apollo Creed because Apollo stopped dancing and then he'd have to stand there and start defending. We want to work the body. i.e., run the ball. So that way it softens up that defensive line. Yes. The defensive line and linebackers in the first quarter are going to be for They haven't played in a week. Their stamina bar is at the full top peak level of an nfl player they're ready to go it's going to take more than two or three runs in the first quarter to soften them up people get they use it twice and they go well oh, it's not running throw it away hell no you've got to continue to run the ball even when you're getting look at the giants look at the way the giants look at the way the jets played us okay in the whole first half we own them man we own them punched they're, in the mouth their run game Kept coming at us and we kept stopping it. But what happened in the third? Our guys got tired. They couldn't keep the pressure up. They couldn't keep getting shot in the body. They couldn't keep getting punched in the mouth. And all of a sudden he starts running a 25 yard. And then it's a 51. Then it's a 71. Then before you know it, the score is so bloody high. We can't even keep track anymore. Look at Derrick Henry in the first half compared to his second half. I bet you his first half run stats are half the amount of his second half of the game run stats. I bet you they're easily half the amount. I bet you it's probably closer to he's getting three yards per carry in the first half and like seven in the second half. Why? Because that defense is tired. They're tired of a guy who's constantly coming at you. Let me tell you, when I played, when I played, there was this guy who's a little short Italian guy, but this guy had tre- legs like a like a tree trunk right they were just ridiculously thick and this guy would just come at you and come at you and come at you and come at you and in the second quarter this guy popped through the line and i smashed him i played safety position i smashed him with everything i had because he was a big thick dude and i took him down he said nice nice hit and my shoulder hurt so bloody bad my whole left arm went numb i'll tell you come the third quarter i was just trying to trip him I was just trying to fall in front of his feet. I couldn't move my left arm. I was out there just demolished. Our entire defensive line, they couldn't get on this guy anymore. Our linebackers, they were just trying to push him and shove him over. This is the idea. This is the reason why. And people go, oh, well, Dylan's only running for four yards. Yes, but he's taking five guys with him. He's punching five guys in the mouth every single time. Oh, well – Aaron Jones got stuck in the back. Yes, they got lucky on a play. It happens. It definitely happens. We get lucky on plays all the time, too. Do you think they stopped covering the pass because they got lucky on it? Well, we couldn't cover the pass anymore, so we'll just go after the run. No, they've got to continue. They have to. We need to have patience with the run game and take a look at the overall results. I don't care what they look like in the first quarter. I don't give a shit what they look like in the second quarter. The run results I want to see are in the third quarter not the very beginning, but halfway through at the eight minute mark and on those last 23, 25 minutes of the game is when the run game
0: becomes an issue because players start making business decisions and not football decisions. And look, it's, it's real clear. In our three wins, Aaron Jones has had 43 attempts for 278 yards, 6.5 yards per carry with a 36-yard run, a touchdown, right? In the three losses, 27 attempts, half the attempts, 131 yards, 4.9 yards, and a 29-yard. He still had his but long run. But he's still
1: run. 4.9. 4.9 is no reason. When that number becomes, say, two, then, mm-hmm. then you put it in your pocket. 4.9. Is no reason to shut down the run game. It is a glaring, you need to use it all the
0: freaking time. Dude, 5.8. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry.
1: That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. (laughs) You you hand it off one time and it's second and four. That's what it means. That's what it means. You hand the ball off on first down, it's second and four. Now you could pick whatever the hell you want. You could pick, there is not one play that isn't designed. Go at least the four yards that you need to go. You could do whatever you want. You could a gap blast it. You can chuck it out to Big Dog on the side. You could do whatever you want. Aaron sees second and four, and he's like, "Okay, the shortest route I want is twenty-six yards deep." What? Wait, what? What? I I understand you want to try the play action, and I get it, second down is the time to do the play action, especially when you have short yardage. Second and Mm -hmm. two, second and one, that sort of thing. Because then you can line up a jumble package, punch it in on third down, and then start all over again, right? Most teams, they deal with a series like this. I have first down, then what I do on second down, then what I do on third down, and then I start again. And they are aiming for 10 yards. Aaron is aiming... For 70 yards, three, four plays.
0: Come on. Listen to these splits because it is just, it's exactly saying what you are saying based on the usage of Aaron Jones. So when the Packers are ahead, he had 28 attempts. For 165 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. Okay. When they were tied in a game, He's only had 11 carries for 28 yards and 2.6. Why? Because they start fucking heroing ball and trying to put the dagger in with a fucking long bomb touchdown as opposed to just sticking to the run that was giving you 5.9 yards per carry. When they're behind, he's had 31 attempts for 216 yards. Guess what his yards per carry are when they're behind? Seven yards of fucking carry, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) The numbers don't lie.
0: I'm speechless because you're not telling me that these coaches don't see this and have the quality control coaches and everybody they
1: are fucking telling them. They can't make an in-game adjustment. They can't make an in-game adjustment. They can't make an in-game adjustment. They think it's too complicated to tell somebody who's been playing football for the last 15, 20 years. They think it's too complicated To just, run, you know what, instead of uh, a counter left, go counter right on this play. Tell one player to do something a little bit differently.
0: That's the issue. That's the issue. Explain to me the one indoor game we've had. He had only five attempts, 9.8 yards per carry indoors. Outdoor games, 5.5. On artificial surfaces, 6.2. On grass fields, 5.7. The dude is in the prime of his career – and you are not using him.
2: Matt and Bruce. Matt and
1: Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt.
0: Matt and Bruce.
1: Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce.
0: Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce.
1: Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt.
0: Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders. Packers Without Borders.
1: Packers Without Borders. You are listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers Without Borders. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts.
0: Also, you can find our merch on Without packerswithoutborders.myshopify.com and TeePublic if you want cups, mugs, and those types of things. You can also visit us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders and give us some money. And audibletrial.com front slash Packers Without Borders. Give them a click. Check them out. Try that 30-day free trial with them and enjoy your books. Peace and go Pack Go.
1: This is Yuri. Jimmy Cheesebutt. TJ Williams. Doran Star again. Shelly. It's Reed. He. Randy McGray. Peyto. Okay, Neebles. Mick. Amy. Mel. No. Alex Brown. Matt Stevenson. Lisa. Matt Raman. Andrew Flo. Matt Kudeman. It's Eric. Bruce Banker. Matt.
2: Matt Fraley. Chris. Chris,
1: Chris McLag. The Macho Man. Randy Savage. Luke Saw. Kristen. Kimmy. Coach Horn.
2: Holton Moore. Dave Lovelace.
1: Kelly Bruner. Eric. Luke Saw. Jeremy. Jimmy Cheesebutt. Younger. Bales of Hate.
2: Guys, tune
1: in. Great show. It's not just about football. I'll find a little.
0: What's your name? Little girl, what's
1: your name? I am your doctor. JJJ, here's the prescription.
2: here to bring you your injury updates saturday morning heading into week seven pumped for a big week but here we go starting with dak prescott dak is back and his grip strength is very likely still less than 100 percent so there is a slight increase in his fumble risk under pressure otherwise we're probably going to see a nearly full strength performance from prescott on Mac Jones, severe high ankle sprains average quarterbacks 3-4 to four weeks, and Jones is now at 4, so it's very realistic for him to play, but we would expect mild mobility limitations for his first two weeks back. On Mark Andrews, he's very likely to play despite a mild knee injury. Based on the timeline of his return to practice, the an- analytics project minimal effect on his performance jk dobbins now he's having surgery to clean up a meniscus or cartilage issue this isn't terribly uncommon after having a major multi-ligament knee injury that he had last year our data bodes pretty well for a short-term recovery running backs return to the field at an average of about five weeks by week six they're generally back to their pre-injury explosiveness on a per play basis young running backs who were highly drafted like dobbins do tend to see slow ramps back up in their touches, so don't be surprised if the Ravens take as many as four games before giving him a full workload. For the long term, however, this is bad news. Second surgeries in the knee for these do lead to shorter careers and more durability issues over subsequent years. We certainly hope not, but this unfortunately could be a brewing Todd Gurley type of situation. On Jalen Waddle, Game status to be determined, but we would lean towards Waddle playing. Wide receivers who practice all week, even in the limited capacity as Waddle has this week, through shoulder sprains and strains, don't generally see much impact on their performance unless they re-aggravate the injury in-game. On Keenan Allen, now truly a game-time decision, we would lean towards him taking the field, but probably on a limited snap count. Either way, we'd avoid starting Allen in any formats DFS or season long, because there's a significant short-term performance dip, about 20%, that is projected from historical data. Now, Allen will also carry an elevated re-injury risk over the next four weeks, so we'd be hesitant to even try to buy low on him right now in season-long formats. On Michael Thomas, don't be surprised if Thomas returns to the practice field next week. Turf Toe generally averages three to four weeks for wide receivers. He's now approaching the upper end of that timeline week four, so, unfortunately though, there does tend to be a performance drop-off, even for another three to four weeks after they return. Given his extensive injury history, and sp- specifically to the foot and ankle, we lean towards Thomas missing at least one more game. On Marquise Brown, now he is lucky to avoid surgery, but this injury pattern still takes about five to six weeks to heal on average. Pre-injury performance does return in season for wide receivers, But that usually comes at about eight weeks when the majority of them hit their 90% threshold. On Jonathan Taylor, now he's definitely playing. He's out of the window where a mild high ankle sprain would be affecting his productivity. But DFS players who are considering starting Taylor should be aware that the data on running backs' first game back from high ankles usually has their backups seeing a few extra touches. And speaking of backups, Naeem Hines. Now he's fully cleared, he's ready to play concussions don't cause any performance impact when running backs return, so I do expect Naeem Hines to be at about full strength. Christian McCaffrey, obviously the big news is the trade. He doesn't have an active injury that we're aware of at this point. He does, however, have a long injury history, but the good news is for Niners fans, there's no consistent anatomic pattern to his injuries, and they also aren't really tied to any lingering durability risk in our data. Additionally, catching passes should actually help him stay healthy, because receptions pose lower injury rates per play than carries. No running back is super safe, even the most durable average about 2 games missed per season, but our data doesn't really suggest that CMC is any more injury prone than the other running backs. On Randall Cobb, mild high ankles average 2-3 to weeks for wide receivers, but the fact that Cobb reports feeling a pop suggests that this one could be more severe, and those average four to six weeks out. Even if he tries to hustle back, it would be a little surprising to see Randall Cobb before three weeks missed. Then on his teammate Christian Watson, he re-aggravated a hamstring injury, and unfortunately that does not bode well for his season. These tend to be on the severe side and take three to five weeks, even, and even on top of that, have a lingering performance impact after they return. For reference, this is why Keenan Allen has been out so long. On Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett, he just cleared concussion protocol. There's no noticeable performance impact expected when he does return this week. T. Higgins, now Higgins is one of my strongest buy low recommendations right now. This nagging ankle pretty much definitely affected his performance last week but wide receivers with these injuries tend to recover pretty quickly. Expect about 90% of the typical Higgins in week 7, 100% by week 8. If your league mates are sleeping on him, do scoop him up. DeAndre Swift. Now, his week 7 status is to be determined, but we'd lean towards him playing. He had very likely an AC joint sprain in his shoulder and an ankle sprain as well, and neither of these three weeks out should impact his per play production, at least in terms of our data for running backs. But usually the first game back does result in more of a running back by committee approach. So you may be wary of starting him in DFS just yet. On Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receivers don't really tend to see much performance impact four weeks removed from high ankle sprains. So we're expecting a strong comeback from St. Brown and a good DFS candidate today. Rashad Bateman, now he is truly a game time decision for the Ravens, but we would lean towards Bateman playing. Midfoot Sprains average 2-3 to three weeks for wide receivers, he's now at week 3. So there is however a mild performance dip of about 10% that is expected for his first game back, so I'm avoiding him in DFS either way. On Russell Wilson, another game time decision, but I'm going to be avoiding Russell Wilson in all formats regardless. Now, his lat strain is still likely affecting his deep ball, and that's probably a big part of the reason he ended up finishing 5-for-18, even though he started 10-for-10 in Week 6. Even though most quarterbacks can play through hamstring strains, add in the limited mobility that results with his limitations on his deep ball, and it's a hard pass for me. And finally, DJ Chark. Now severe high ankle sprains average 4-6 to weeks for wide receivers, Chark is now just approaching the fourth. Because this ankle had surgery just a year ago, we would expect him to miss about two more games before returning. Don't let the news of him being in a boot scare you away though. There's a low threshold in NFL players to use anything like a boot that can take stress off of the injured body part because that can help speed up healing. And that is all for today's injury report. If you like what you're hearing, hit me up on Twitter at SportMDAnalysis and Instagram at SportsMedAnalytics, and we will see you next time.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. Packers announced today David Bakhtiari's knee status has been changed to questionable. Uh Uh-oh. Defensive line, Devontae Wyatt, illness has been added to the injury report. He's been fighting
0: an illness for a little while. You wonder if it's COVID, you know? There's something going through the locker room because you notice that a bunch of guys have been popping up on the illness bug, and that's not just the the Packers. It's been across the league.
1: Sammy Watkins is officially off the injured reserve, and Ladarius Hamilton has been elevated from the practice squad. That's the
0: linebacker I was talking about.
1: Randall Cobb and Jake Hansen have been placed on injured reserve. Okay, okay so that's
0: six weeks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Randall can come off after
0: after four, right? I'm trying to think. All right. So if Bach is out, that means Yash is at left tackle. They'll move Jenkins to right tackle, Runyon to left guard. That would be nice. I don't know how many snaps he's taken is there. It,
1: here's a question for you, and yeah, I know but- this is going to upset a few people. I won't mention any names. Carla. <coughs>
0: Is it, if is hurt again with that knee, is it time? Packers have a tendency to get rid of guys right before, and you know they're keeping him around because he is obviously a premier left tackle, but injuries start coming to play. Brian Bulaga was, I, I just mentioned Brian Bulaga, and we thought he had a bunch of gas in the tank and went to the Chargers and played a total of four games for them, and now he's on the street um the Packers have a tendency to be very conservative with keeping players on longer than they should um I think Clay Matthews is probably the one that I think they kept as long as they possibly could but for the most part they cut bait man they they just at this point if you do that though What do you do? Because you don't have somebody waiting in the wings that can step up the way Bakhtiari did when Bulaga went out, dude. Like, what do you do? Because there's nothing there. It's the best option we have. I mean, after this year, what, do you go get a left, a premier left tackle and sign him and bring him over? I think you put Josh
1: Nyman in there and you let Josh Nyman work. He looked pretty good last year to me. He looked pretty good the year before to me. I mean, they kept him around for a reason. And it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper. This is our issue. And this is one thing that Packer fans have got to understand. So we've got Bakhtiari, who's the highest paid left tackle in the league. We've got uh, Kenny Clark, who's the highest paid uh, or or one of the highest paid. I think Donald actually signed a bigger deal. But Clark. Two million dollars more. Yeah. Uh, Jair, right? Mm-hmm. Right up there. Yeah. Um, we used to have the wide receiver. We used to, yeah. We used to have uh, the wide receiver. We got Aaron Rodgers and we got Aaron Jones. We got all these guys taking a lion's share of the money, and then they go, "Why can't we go out and get so and so?" Because so and so doesn't want to play for free. Okay, he doesn't want to play for free. He doesn't care that it's Green Bay. He cares that his paycheck. He's now gonna. Would you move offices somewhere where it's colder for half the money? No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Shut up. You know, you're not nostalgic enough. Let me tell you, OK, if I had the opportunity, if they came to me and said, Matt, listen, we want you to be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. And I'd be like, oh, my God, this is my dream job. And they were like, yeah, we're going to pay you half a million dollars a year. And then Carolina called me and said, hey, Matt, we want you to be the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. And I go, well, wow, it's not kind of my favorite team. We want to give you 10 million dollars a year. I am on my way. Go Panthers, go. (laughs) Right? Obviously, obviously, we've got no money for half of these guys. Oh, you know, we could do this, we could do that. Listen, we've spent the majority of it. We've got Aaron Rodgers, who's absolutely killing us with his cap money right now. Absolutely killing the team. And then you've got him completely manipulating the team by not running the ball and by playing poorly. And then he's, then he comes out and says, this is the best part. He comes out and he says, oh, i got to play a tick better. Do you think, do you think, do you think you need to play a tick better? Do you think, huh? Interesting. Great. Thanks for the than comment.
0: I think it's more than a tick, but it is telling that he's recognizing it right he's never been the type of guy to he's always blamed it on somebody else or the team in general but never called himself out so i think that self-awareness is something i've never seen from him um i just i need to see these guys and hopefully this this jets game because it didn't happen obviously after the giants game but the jets took a to him, man Right. And there's been some comments from players out here saying we're the Green Bay Packers. We're not supposed to be three and three. We got punched in the fucking mouth. No shit you did. You find it it took you four weeks to realize that you've been getting punched in the fucking mouth since week one. And it's just we've been barely scraping by on a couple wins other than the Bears that are total and utter fucking trash. Like if they're even remotely competent, they're they're getting out coached. They're getting outplayed, and a lot of it is these players that are not at the level, like you said, we have all these all-star players all over the place. We've got the best team on paper, like we've talked about for the longest time, and they're not showing up. And you've got a hungry guy who is in his first or second year that needs to prove it. He's on his rookie deal that's going to come out and play his fucking balls off. And these guys get paid and I get it. A lot of them will take that step up, right? And work harder and and work for the money. But the majority of people are going to take their money and say, I'm set. I'm going to play hard, but I've got, they don't have. Take a look at
1: Tyler Lockett out in Seattle right now. Show me how many times Tyler Lockett has been tackled this year. He hasn't because every time he catches the ball, he just falls to the ground. He doesn't want to take one for the team. He's Mm -hmm. like, I'm finishing this deal and I'm getting out of here.
0: Tell me who on this team, other than Aaron Jones, right, who has aspirations to become a Hall of Famer. Like, you can see the way he plays. Rashawn Gary, it looks like he's wanting to do that. Um, It's too early in Jaw's career. He's a little bit yappy, but, again, cornerbacks and wide receivers have a tendency to be a little bit of divas because they know they're good. That's it. Yeah. um, That's the attitude. Right? They
1: have to be a little crazy because you have to be able to forget the bad play, right? Like we talked about this. They don't throw to Jair uh, 65 times. They get the ball. They throw to Jair one time because he slipped. The guy beats him for 12 yards and that's the headline, right? Yeah. They got to be yeah. able to forget that. So yeah, they're a little loopy. The good ones are always a little loopy, right? Look at Dion Sanders. You don't think Dion's a little bit loopy, right? Dion is a little loopy. I love Dion. Trust me. Dion's one of the greatest corners that has ever walked on the face of the earth. And I love hearing the stories. Do you hear the one about the Giants on his draft day? No. So, okay. So Dion is convinced he's going one, two or three, right? And so he's got to do these interviews with teams and teams do this on draft day. They come in, they want to talk to you, this and that. So he goes to this, to the Giants and the Giants have this big book of questions and he goes, it was thick. It was like a, it was like a phone book. He goes, it's gonna take him three, four hours or something to go through this. And he walked in and they give him this book to do and he goes, which pick are you picking at? And they said, 12. And he said, oh, I'll be long gone by then. (laughs) Turned around and walked out. (laughs) And he was, (laughs) he was long gone by then. You gotta love somebody that's got the confidence and the skills and talent to back that confidence up.
0: Well, that's the biggest thing. You can talk a big game, but Jair has, other than his injury year, been one of the top corners in the league, always in the conversation, right? A lot of it has to do with the fact that he's on the Packers and the Packers defense as a whole never ranks in the top 10. So he doesn't get the accolades. Kind of the same thing with, with Rashawn Gary, who's basically carrying the weight of this entire fucking Preston's been fine, but it's been oh, – how many times do you hear Preston's name? You hear a flash play here and there, right? Like a big play, but then you turn around there's a fucking penalty. Like that's a lot of what's been happening to you. This team was super disciplined under Matt LaFleur the last three years, and we're at the bottom right now. In the bottom, it's uh, 27th in yeah. penalty. So yeah. disciplined, so, very focused team is not. Because,
1: because our offense – is not moving the ball or doing shit with it. Our defense is having to play a lot. So what happens, and I've been on teams like this, where we literally have the best defense in the league, but because we played 28 minutes in the first half, you get to the second half and we're gassed. We're gassed five minutes into the third, and we're sick and tired of carrying the offensive ass all the way to the end of this game, and we're gonna lose by freaking three, right? We're going to lose a game. We lost a game one time, uh, uh, six to three, six to three. And it just breaks. It breaks the heart of the defense Mm -hmm. because when you go out there and you put something up like a a six to three, that was two field goals. We held them to, and that was the best offense in the league. We held them to two freaking field goals. The next game we got blown up 54, nothing, because as soon as they scored one, we thought it's over. It's over. And it was over because the offense didn't do anything. The offense needs to start putting up or they need to shut the hell up because this defense is carrying the team. Imagine, imagine this just for a second. Imagine if after the jets made their halftime adjustment and walked our defense, 87 yards for a touchdown. Imagine if we held on to the ball for five, six minutes gave the defense enough time on the sidelines to you know, get some oxygen in them, get a little Gatorade in them, sit down and kind of re- recover a little bit and, and regroup. Imagine if we moved the ball down and, and then scored a field goal. So at least we kept it in it. But because we go three and out and put them right the frick back out there, they're starting to look at each other like, guys, what are we doing out here? What, what are we doing? And I know you're going, they're professionals, they're paid, they're human beings and human beings have emotions and feelings and they have things like doubt. Just like, you know, all these guys that are going to say, oh, Matt, you're wrong. They have doubts, just like your wife has doubts that you'll satisfy her. You've got to understand that these guys want to see their teammates carrying their weight. Bruce, you played rugby. If you were out there having the game of your life and you look around and nobody else could even tie their shoes, at some point you're going to pull the pin and go, fuck, why am, I, why am I killing myself? I seem to be the only one killing myself, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you brought up something that is really interesting, Matt, and I think it's going to tie into last year and carry over. You just said that a defense carrying the offense. You remember last year's playoff game, the defense played lights out. The only touchdown scored, right, was a special teams blunder. They allowed six points in that game total. So – carry it over to this year and it's the exact same thing so maybe that game last year that they lost in the playoffs for the again right like we've been knocking on the door the defense has shown up last previous year not last year was the offense the year before was also the offense so I'm more concerned, and obviously we know this, we're more concerned about the offensive defense, but maybe this is just more carryover with the Matt LaFleur issues with having guys show up and at the same time with the defense, having to carry this offense that's supposed to be this scheme, genius, fucking amazing offense that hasn't shown up. So maybe it's just carryover from last year and we're finally, the baboons finally showing their ass, man.
1: You know, it it goes back to, do you remember when Jordy went down and the offense was completely stagnant, we had to bring in James Jones in his hoodie? Yep. Aaron, Aaron needs that number one target. The wide receiver makes the Hall of Fame quarterback. It's clearly apparent. It is glaringly apparent. And he can't just step out of the spotlight a little bit and let Jones eat. These guys are in the prime of their careers and could be setting records and set, and, and becoming Hall of Fame players and, and taking us to Super Bowls. If you don't think so, go ask Eli Manning if the running game mattered in both of his Super Bowl wins. Go ask the Baltimore Ravens if the running game mattered at all. Go ask John Elway. If the running game had anything to do with his two Super Bowl wins, it has everything to do with everything with winning the Super Bowl. You have to run the ball. Brett Favre, when we got Amon Green, was over the moon that we finally got ourselves a running back, And even though Amon Green had fumble-itis, okay, it, it he He kept handing the ball off over and over and over again. Yes, there was games he had to throw the ball 35 times. Yes, there was games where the run game just couldn't get going no matter what. But they never went away from it.
0: You have
1: to, as a superstar and as a leader, especially as a leader, you have to be able to let some of your other teammates shine. You just have to. There's, you know, there's many a game where, in the, it's secretly in the back, you're playing the greatest coverage that you've ever played. But, you know, and we had a guy, his name was Jerry, he was a wide receiver. And Jerry had four catches and four touchdowns. Four, four. It was just click, 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 click. And I, you've got to take your hat off to the guy and you've got to keep feeding him the ball. And we're not doing that. We shy away from it. And you've got the offensive coordinator going, well, this is why we didn't uh, run the ball. Shut up, run the ball. You've got Aaron Rodgers going, well, we need to get the ball more to Jones. Then give it to Jones. You've got Lafleur saying, well, we've got to get him more touches then do it. This isn't a matter of an anomaly of one time it happened in a season. This has happened three times this season, six weeks, half the time, hasn't done it. This happened all last year. If we go back and we take a look at LeFleur's record, he's three and five in his last eight games. Mm -hmm. Three and five. Where's Where's the run game? When we get into the playoffs, we don't see a run game. When we get into these drag them out, Fist fights, we don't see the run game. We see Aaron Rodgers out there playing hero ball. I understand Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP. I understand Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. I I get it. I get it. But your superstar isn't playing like a superstar. And you've got other guys that are ready to take over until your superstar starts playing at a superstar level, until the ayahuasca has finally flushed from his system, from whatever witchcraft the witch has put on him, whatever the voodoo that he does, that he does so well, we've got to give it to somebody else and we've got to start feeding these other guys and people go, we don't need to panic. I get, we don't need to panic. I get it. Here's our issue. Our schedule is about to get tougher.
0: Yeah. This was the easy part of the schedule. This
1: was supposed to be the breeze where we come out five and one and we're three and three. Now, oh, we got Washington. Okay, so we got Washington. Let's say we beat Washington. Do you think this team right now, the way it stands, is going to beat the Bills? The Bills are tearing the league a new ass right now. Josh Allen and Diggs are going to have 900 yards. Singletary is going to run so many times, he's going to hit his head on the goalpost and give himself concussion syndrome. Our team is not ready. And instead of giving the team some confidence, running the ball, getting our run game going, we're shying away from it. And I can tell you, I can tell you this. If LaFleur and Rodgers don't get on the same fucking page with mm-hmm. Jones, Goot and Murphy ain't going to wait. And they ain't going to put up with Rodgers and all of this drama that Rodgers has put the team through for the last couple of years. They're yep. not going to do it. And yep. if it looks like this team isn't going to make the playoffs, Rodgers isn't going to finish the season because nope. this is a business a business and we're not just going to hand them give the reins to Rogers and watch us go right into the toilet on the way out as he takes the lion's share. And everybody says, how come you didn't get more people? We can't get more people because he has all the money.
0: You know, this is all reminding me. It was specifically the comment that you mentioned about the wide receiver making the, the hall of fame quarterback. And remember we talked about this in the offseason. I need to find that because I broke down, um, the wide receivers remember what what quarterback won a super bowl without a number one wide receiver and in every case it has been um everyone they've,
1: <laughs> they've had a number one
0: they've yeah. had a number one wide receiver tied to them in order to win a super bowl so it is we're not saying this out of the sight of the mouth the stats for the history of the nfl states that if this if a wide receiver is a one or a very solid two, like Wes Welker, right? Like Wes Welker for the Patriots for a long time. But they also had Randy Moss and they had Deion Branch. So they always had these wide receivers. Well, they didn't
1: win with Moss. They didn't win with Moss. No, but
0: they had Deion. Let's go over
1: to the Giants. The Giants yeah. did they have a number one? They had three number twos and they had Brandon Jacobs.
0: Well, okay, so OBJ in his wasn't rookie on that year,
1: team though. No, he wasn't, wasn't on that team.
0: They always had that type of player that was a game breaker.
1: Absolutely. But how many, and this is where you and I are going to disagree a little bit, and I'm going to love to see the stats. I'm going to how find many it. Teams, oh, you're, I know you're going to, cause you're, you're, the, you're, you're that dedicated. How many teams were able to run the ball and play great defense without that number one wide receiver. And I can think of two Baltimore teams. I can think of two giants teams. I can think of, right. I get that. Oh yeah. Dallas had this in the eighties. Gone are the days of no salary cap. Yeah. So and even back then, Dallas had Emmett Smith running the ball, right? Yeah. Who, yep. who did who did the 49ers have? Roger Craig running the ball. All of those dynasties had run the ball. You have to be able to run the ball and play good defense. We have a fantastic defense. We have on paper easily the top five defense. They're not playing like a top five defense because Barry's got them doing Barry shit, but we've also got probably arguably the best Tandem in running backs in the NFL, we ain't using them either. At some point, we have to start using the players in the reason and order that we drafted them and developed them and kept them and paid them $48 million to do. I know this is the oldest rant in the world. I know this is, you've heard this every single week. And you know what? If we lose to the Washington Commanders, we're probably going to say it again. We're probably going to say it again. This is it. This is all you have to do run the ball yeah and play good defense run the ball and play good defense run the yeah. ball play good defense that's I agree.
0: i agree with that part of it that's not i'm, I'm we not do
1: need to- a number one wide receiver i mean that's I, i've been preaching that since april i i honestly thought we'd assign somebody else by now even when we got sammy watkins i thought well we're gonna be okay but there's got to be somebody else that we're eyeing up somewhere along the way that maybe isn't happy or maybe you know that sort of thing right
0: watch i i i can't I, i'm not going to take the time to go through all 178 episodes to find it but i will find it just not right now on the pod but here you go jerry rice lynn swan julian edelman Dion branch heinz ward santonio holmes larry fitzgerald troy brown terrell owens antonio freeman Wes welker like you look at the names of all these number one wide receivers um, that were on these teams. Chris Carter, you know, didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was a number one. So the success, what I'm trying to say, is I agree with you. What It's not that it's not necessarily winning the Super Bowl component of it, but I think it's a quarterback cannot be a Hall of Fame quarterback unless he has the receiving weapons that can actually bring that it's not a quarterback bringing these guys up we've seen it with aaron Rodgers. he's had quote unquote middling talent right which he's never had and he's the one who elevates their play i disagree with that to a certain extent because these guys have to be good especially to the standard that aaron Rodgers holds these guys automatically right like i'm not going to have you on the field unless you you're on the same level as i am well then you have to have the talent you have to be that good in order to be able to play i i i just Man, I really hope these guys show up, Matt. I'm um I'm nervous. I, I I said it last week, dude. I'm not I've actually said it 2 weeks ago. I'm not making any more excuses for this team until I see it, I'll believe it. When I see the defense actually be able to put together an entire game because the offense is actually performing at a level where they're not getting pooped out after 32 seconds, right? Like I, in the second in the third quarter, um and the hero ball and using the run and everything that we want and expect this team to do in the off season until I see it in the regular season, it's going to continue being the same shit show right now. It's either going to be a blowout by the Packers or it's going to be a very close game. I do think we win this game, but I don't think we cover, man. I think it's going to be 27, 23.
1: I'm going to go the opposite. I think this is going to be last time I predicted a blowout. And then the time before that I predicted a blowout this time, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change it up just because maybe the football gods are listening and I'm going to say, uh, uh, Packers by three Mm -hmm. and it'll be dying seconds and everybody takes a deep breath, but
0: we still look like trash. Well, I don't know if we're going to look like trash. I think it's just going to be a slugfest. The good thing that we have going for us, but it is the weakness of our team, is that the Washington Commanders are 31st best against wide receivers and 31st best against stopping the run. They are a terrible fucking defense. So we're going up against the worst defense that we are this entire season. So if we cannot blow them out of the water – I don't know how we go into next week with any type of confidence to beat the bills that are fucking setting the world on fire. Right. Listen, Saturday's
1: pod in the books. You got any questions for us for mailbag Monday sponsored by manscaped for all your bush shaving tools. When your pubes are too long, remember this song, manscaped. Send when them to us Packers. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say when you hit forty and you have more ear hair than hair on the top of your head, there use you go.
1: Man-gate. There you go. There you go. Uh, send us your questions, Packers without Borders at Outlook.com. Find us on Twitter at Borders Packers us on Facebook, Packers without Borders, Instagram Packers without Borders, and Packers without Borders merch. Get yourself some of that hot merch flying off the shelves.
0: Packers Without Borders at myshopify.com. All the shirts are back out again for the new orders that we had. Really appreciate it. Make sure and post and tag us this weekend on Sunday. If you're deciding to wear one of our shirts for for the game, that would be great. Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders. Thank you guys so much. I still, every time I say Patreon, it's like people pay us to listen to us. That's fucking awesome. We appreciate you guys. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right on. Peace. Go pack. Go. This has been Packers
1: without borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other and go Pack
0: go. Esto ha sido Empacadores sin fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.